0: Mike, who sent along a one-time donation through support.greatdetectives.net. Uh, you can also uh, send a uh, donation uh, by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho 83715. Or you can become one of our Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net. All right. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Richard Diamond. The original air date on this one January the eleventh of nineteen fifty-two, and this one is the White Cow
1: Case. Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. Transcribed is Richard Diamond Private Detective, starring Dick Powell.
2: Diamond Detective Agency? Diamond Detective Agency? Well? Hi, Helen. Well? Well, what?
3: Where's the slogan?
2: Uh, Diamond Detective Agency is enough. This week, I've decided to conduct my business on more of a refined level.
3: Why?
2: I need the change. I'm getting tired of defending myself.
3: You haven't defended yourself since kindergarten.
2: Are you forgetting the other night in your study? Rick. Now, don't give me that sweet innocence. I should have been decorated for that campaign. Weren't you? Helen.
3: Now, you hang up, and I'm going to call you right back. Hang up. And when you answer, I expect to hear the old Richard Diamond slogan and all.
2: Yes, Miss Asher. Bye. Now slogan. Uh slogan. Let's see. Uh, Diamond Detective Agency. Gumshoes resold while you wait.
3: What's the matter with your voice?
2: This is the old Richard Diamond. Oh,
3: Rick.
4: Well, no, make up your mind. Mr. Diamond? Uh, hold it, Helen. Something I can do for you? Me? No. Yes, if you're Mr. Diamond. Client? I think so, dear. I haven't seen the subpoena yet.
3: Well, I'll talk to you later. Good luck. Bye. Bye.
4: Well, get
2: it over with. Hire me or serve me. I beg your pardon? Just trying to second-guess you. Have a seat.
4: Thank you. My name is Stevens. Arthur Stevens. What can I do for you, Mr. Stevens? A great deal. I charge a great deal for a great deal. I'm prepared to pay you handsomely. How handsomely and for what? $500 for a quick trip to Florida. Well, that's easy. Now, what's going to make it tough? Lucius Timken. Is that a man? Yes. He'll try and stop you. How? Kill you if necessary. Well, that statement just cost you another two fifty. I anticipated that. Seven fifty then. What do I have to do? Pick up something for me. How old is she? No, this, this is an object, a very rare object. Blonde or brunette? This is an antique. You're turning into a good straight man. It's a rare European art object worth a considerable fortune. Anything else you'd like to know, the $750 should compensate for your inquisitiveness. Why can't you just go get it? Lucius Timkin, he anticipates my arrival. Why did you pick me? Reputation. I've heard I can trust you.
2: All right, Mr. Stevens. How much of a down payment will keep you trusting me until I get back? Let's say $250. Uh, let us say uh, 350 and we can trust each other. It's a bargain. Only if I live long enough to spend it. <laughs> Stevens gave me some instructions, handed me the cash, and I agreed to meet him at my office early in the morning after i had returned with the item. He gave me a round-trip ticket to Miami, Florida, a wet handshake and a smile that reminded me of a man who'd swallowed a mouthful of sour milk. Now, in my business, I expect trouble. I can usually spot it quicker than a lonesome blonde. And as I watched the door close behind Stevens, I spotted it. Trouble all over the place and Richard Diamond up to his shoulder holster in it. I called Helen, told her I'd ship her back some oranges, went home and packed... ...and by two in the afternoon was on the plane heading for Miami. Stevens had instructed me to register at the plaza and wait for a man named Shelton... ...who was supposed to be my contact and deliver the item. I arrived in Miami, took a cab to the hotel... Registered and went up to my room to take a shower and lose some of the stiffness. A half hour later, I went down to the bar to see if I could get some of the stiffness back.
3: Is this seat taken?
2: Not a bed. Climb up.
3: Thank you. Nice and cool in here.
2: Yep. Yeah. Can I buy you something to go with it?
3: Thank you. A martini.
2: A bartender. A martini for the lady. Do you uh, live here at the hotel?
3: Yes. Do you?
2: Just moved in.
3: My name's Albright. Mary Albright.
2: Richard Diamond. Hello. Hello. Staying in Miami long?
3: Depends on the weather.
2: Mm, You're martini. Oh,
3: yes. Cheers.
2: To the weather. Oh, uh, what kind of weather are we drinking to anyway?
3: Sun, rain, any kind of weather, as long as there's something to do.
2: Then let's drink to something to do. What
3: do you do, Mr. Diamond?
2: Oh, start by asking attractive blondes to call me Rick.
3: All right, Rick. What do you do? Oh,
2: make a few bucks. Work when I have to. Enjoy a cool drink and a bar with a girl named Mary. Mary? Not a bit. Have you made the trip yet?
3: Once didn't like the weather. Why don't you buy me dinner, Rick?
2: Oh sorry you said that.
3: Another date?
2: Hmm. Business. Then I've got to get right back to New York.
3: Well, it was a nice idea.
2: The nicest. Well, I gotta be going.
3: Nice meeting you, Rick. Goodbye, Mary. Rick? Yeah? What's the weather like in New York?
2: cold when I left. If you ever fly up, give me a call.
3: I'll do then. Maybe we can melt some snow.
2: She could have melted an ice floor in the Arctic. I left her sitting at the bar, looking lonesome, and went back up to my room and enjoyed myself by running into the walls until I got tired and lay down to rest. I must have dozed, because when I came out of it and looked at my watch, it was nearly eight. My contact was overdue, so I sat up, smoked a candle, and by eight, I called the desk. Uh, hello, this is Mr. Diamond. Has anybody been asking for me? Are you sure? Okay. Well, it's about time. Close the door. Hey. Close it. Look, look, friend, you better... Listen. Go to La Granada. Look, you're hurt. La Granada. Hey. Oh, why does everybody pick my room to die in? He was lying on his back with his eyes open and staring up at the ceiling. I rolled him over and wondered how far he'd travel with a bullet hole on his back heavy set wearing a navy pea jacket and dungarees the identification in his wallet showed him to be my contact george shelton and his ship was the Rio queen i searched him for something that looked like a rare antique but the sailor was bare so i sat down and made up my mind he'd said something before he died la granada i thought about the rest of the money i was going to be out if i didn't bring the antique back to stevens and called the police In ten minutes, Lieutenant Break of Miami Homicide was looking at my license. Richard Diamond. 180, licensed in the state of New York, brown hair and the loveliest blue eyes. I can read. Yeah, but that description doesn't do me justice. You're a pretty fresh guy. I was influenced by the Florida propaganda. Well, you're out of your territory. You don't carry any weight down here. Maybe if I eat a big dinner. I think you should know I don't like private cops. Mm, I'm glad I have your confidence. You uh, see just staggering in here? That's right. Ever see him before? No. You weren't expecting him? No. You called the desk and wanted to know if anybody had asked for you? I always do that. I get lonesome. What are you doing in Miami? Spying. I was hired by a California orange grower. You know something? Occasionally. I feel like slapping you around. Well, don't decide on it. I get nasty. You're in trouble here. Oh, call Walt Levinson, 5th Precinct Police, New York. He'll give you references. I'll do that, but I still want to know why this guy picked your room to die in. All right, all right, I'll tell you. I flew all the way from New York just to confuse you. Yeah? Yeah, I haven't killed a man in a hotel room in years. I'm the compulsive type. I just couldn't help it. I think I'll lock you up. Well, do that, and I'll be out in an hour. And I'll sue you for so much false arrest, you'll be pounding a beat so far they'll have to pipe orange juice into you. Look, there's been a murder. Well, I didn't do it. The victim died in your room. You'll have to stick around for questioning. Then question me. There's plenty of time. You look like the type that breeds trouble. Yeah, I took it up after I lost my mink business. I am gonna let you run around for a while. If you're mixed up in this kid, I'll find out about yeah, it. I'll let you know when you do. You'll be the first to hear about it. I watched while the cleanup boys hauled away my dead contact. Then I promised Lieutenant Breek I'd meet him at the Miami Homicide Division at 8 o'clock the next morning. They left, and I waited until I was sure they were clear of the hotel, then went out to find something or someone called La Granada. Out on the street, I decided a cab driver was my best bet. I spotted one about halfway down the block and started for it. I never made it.
5: Hold it. Right there.
2: Oh, give me one good reason. This gun in your back? Mm, I'm glad you said that. I was going to be brave. Don't. Who'd know you were brave if you're dead? Oh, well, what do I have to do to stay alive? Just be good and get into that car. Okay. Where are we going? What difference does it make? Well, I might like to look at the scenery. Oh,
5: I hate to disappoint you. <clears throat> See you, Mr. Diamond? Doesn't make any difference
4: now, does it?
1: Now, back to Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell.
2: He'd sat me behind the ear with a barrel of his big gun, and I went down like a block of cement in a well. I don't know how long I stayed on the floor of the car, but when I finally pulled myself out of it and shook the cotton out of my head, I found I was in a room sitting in a chair looking up at the biggest stomach I'd ever seen. Suddenly, over the stomach, a large, round, red face appeared. It smiled, and I tried to return the courtesy.
5: Feeling better, Mr. Diamond? Well, I, uh, I
2: haven't felt.
5: Martin. Yes, Mr. Timkin. Get Mr. Diamond a drink right away,
2: Mr. Timken. Now, let me find my head first. I wouldn't know where to pour it. I don't generally resort
5: to violence. Uh, but this time, you made an exception. It was necessary. I shouldn't want you to find this place again. I shouldn't want to. What happens
2: when I leave?
5: That depends on how much you care to tell me while you're here.
2: There's your drink. Thanks. What happened to that big gun, Sonny? Would you like to see it? Not especially. Oh, how long did it take you to water this thing? I'm sorry. I didn't know you were a heavy drinker. Not heavy, just determined. Enough levities. Let's get down to business, Mr. Diamond. What kind of business, Mr. Temkin? Do you know who I am? I was warned. Then we understand each other. Where is it? What? Don't be absurd.
5: The white cow. Have you tried the stockyards? Do you insist in this humor? Only if it gets a laugh. Mr. Diamond, I intend having the white cow. Why, has
2: butter gone up again?
5: I know Mr. Shelton came to your hotel room earlier this evening.
2: Yeah, yeah, he brought a bullet along with him.
5: We were able to catch him just after he landed, but he eluded
2: us. And Sonny tried to slow him up with his 45. Well,
5: Shall we say he met with an unfortunate accident? Somewhere between this accident and your hotel room, he deposited the white cow. Where, Mr. Diamond? He didn't mention it. I'll give you a $1,000 for the information.
2: I'd love it, but I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, come, come. Martin followed you all the way from New York. Mm, good for Martin. He should have been a boy ranger.
5: Look, Martin. You. Plenty of time for your talents. Two thousand, Mr.
2: Diamond. For two thousand, I'd sell you my grandmother's bridge work, but I don't know what you're talking about. Oh,
5: uh, well. Martin. Yes, Mr.
2: Timken? Go turn on the
5: radio, get some music. Yes, Mr.
2: Timken. Oh, I really don't feel like dancing. I'm still a little dizzy.
5: Three thousand, last offer. Charming, but I'm at a loss. Indeed, you are. Martin. Yes, sir. Mm. Sunny gonna get rough. Where is the white cow? Sorry. Change his mind, muttered. Certainly. Now, look, I. Don't... The white cow, Mr. Diamond. I tell you, I don't know where. The white cow, Mr. Diamond. I don't know. Where <coughs> is it, funny man?
4: You. You can go. Where? No. Where?
5: Really, Mr. Diamond, is it worth it? Uh, no. No. I wish you thought so yeah, Just tell me where it is I don't know All right, Martin Oh, look <coughs> Maybe he's telling the truth Maybe Shelton didn't tell him where he put it Then he's of no use to us But then again, maybe Mr. Shelton did tell him Mr. Damon uh-huh. He's an obstinate young man Oh, well, I'll change that No, you might kill him If he does know, he can still lead us Put him to sleep and deposit him in some alley. Yes, sir.
2: It was like taking a ride on a loose rocket. There was a burst of fireworks, and everything seemed to drop out from under me. This time, I went up, turning round and round, and trying to hang on. Then the lights were gone, and I was sailing through the darkness, wishing I was someone else. Finally, the rocket slowed down and started to fall, and I slept and went off on my own. Just a poor, tired, beaten-up little private detective looking for some place to land. When I came out of it, I found myself sitting in an alley. I thought about all my aches and the money Tempkin had offered me. I pulled myself up and thought about the miserable seven fifty I was getting from Stevens. Then I staggered out in the street and thought about going to some quiet rest home and turning myself in for an idiot. I spotted a cab and hailed it. Uh, take me to the... Hey. Er- oh. oh, good evening, Miss Albright. You don't have an old quart of plasma on you, do you? The world happened. Oh, nothing in the world. I would jump by three saucers.
3: Let me help you in.
2: I'm afraid you'll have to.
3: I was just on my way to the hotel. Go ahead, driver.
2: Mm. Oh, convenience. I
3: had the driver pull over when I saw you. What in heaven's name happened?
2: Oh, I was just washing dishes. Honest, honest I was. It's those those new garbage disposals.
3: Well, if you don't want to tell me.
2: Let's take the swelling out of my head first.
3: I'll get you right up to your room.
2: Uh, No, no, let's use your room. I don't want to explain this to Lieutenant Brick.
3: Lieutenant Brick?
2: Narrow-minded cop. Would never believe the story about the disposal.
3: Put your head on my shoulder. Which one? This one.
2: I mean, which head?
3: This will sting a little.
2: Put it on the numb spots, hmm?
3: I'm
2: sorry. Well, I'll be right home, Mom. Oh,
3: you're not hurt that bad, Rick.
2: Would you be satisfied with, uh, shall we say, a corpse?
3: You're going to be all right.
2: No, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to need nursing. I'd love it. Exactly the way I feel.
3: You going to tell me about it?
2: <sighs> I, I can't. Secret? Mm-hmm.
3: Just what kind of work do you do?
2: Whatever it is, I'm underpaid You must make a lot of enemies I try
3: thought you were going back to New York tonight
2: I nearly did In a crate Hey, uh What's the matter? Have you ever heard of, uh, La Granada?
3: La Granada? In New York?
2: No, no, here in Miami, I think
3: No, what is it?
2: I don't know, but I've got to find it
3: You ask anyone?
2: I've been too occupied How
3: about the phone book?
2: Now, isn't that just like a woman, always being practical? Oh, it's just a
3: suggestion.
2: Hmm. One that might make me look even more stupid than I am. Have you got a book? I'll get it.
3: Granada. 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 There are two of them. What are they? A restaurant and open and a hardware shop on James.
2: Hmm. Well, it's, uh, it's 11.30. I'll try the restaurant first.
5: Here
2: I go uh, Sorry, no, no You've got to stick around with the iodine I might be back for a nightcap <laughs> The two granadas in the phone book Didn't seem like a place the dear Mr. Shelton would leave an antique But I went up to my room Put on a clean shirt And went downstairs to grab a cab As I started to crawl in A large arm shoved its way in front of me Lieutenant Break was on the other end You've been busy Idle hands, you know the old saying, Lieutenant. Where to now? To blow up the city hall. Want to come along and hold the bomb? Look, Diamond, I'm keeping score. I've been checking on the guy who died in your room. He got off the real queen, all right, but not when he docked. Some guy named Samson picked him up in a small boat about five miles out. Evidently, he didn't like customs. Evidently. It's an old habit of his, I found out. Two previous arrests for smuggling. What does Samson have to say about it? Nothing. He's too dead to say anything. Uh-huh. Well, it's nice talking to you informally like this, Lieutenant. Now, give me a parking ticket or let me get in the cab. Got a date? Yeah. You ought to check up on the people you've been keeping company with. Another beating like that and we'll have to put you in brine. Yeah, I think how horrible I'd look. Then you could tell everybody I was your twin. I got out of the cab a half block from the La Granada restaurant and did everything but walk backwards to look like I wasn't going there. I looked the place over and went in. It was just closing, and a little balding man with an accent walked over to me.
5: Uh, I'm sorry, but the kitchen is closed, you.
2: That's all right. I'm looking for the white cow. Uh, Perdoni? The white cow. Uh, I I don't believe... A man named Shelton left it here for me. Shelton, white cow? Shelton's a seaman off the Rio Queen. The Rio Queen? Yeah, he told me he left the white cow here.
4: Well, senor, you can look around, but you can bet me we got no white cow.
2: Uh, it's an antique.
4: Okay. Yeah. What, what?
2: The white cow, a very rare antique.
4: You uh, been in a fight, huh, senor?
2: Yeah, now, now, now. No, you
4: God. got hit in the head pretty hard, eh? You haven't got it. Oh, sure. Sure. You sure. have? Sure. We got a white cow and a blue cow right out in the kitchen. We're going to have both of them for breakfast. Okay. okay. Only I don't think I could show them to you. They don't like a strangers. So that took care of the first bit.
2: As I walked out of the restaurant, I made up my mind. If the hardware shop didn't pay off, I was going to get back to New York and hibernate for the winter. The La Granada hardware shop was all the way on the other side of Miami, on a dark street that looked like the inside of a coffin. Evidently, nobody was interested in buying any hardware at midnight because it was closed. I banged on the front door for about ten minutes, and then, as I was just about to give up, I saw a light, and the door opened a crack. Yeah? Uh, Shelton sent me. Beat it. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Now, listen, listen. A guy named Stephen sent me to meet a guy named Shelton. Shelton was supposed to give me something called the white cow, but Shelton died. What? Yeah, and while he was doing it, he said La Granada. Now, if this is the place, say so. I'm running out of nerves. Bill's dead? Oh, you know him. He's my brother. Shut the door. You got the white cow? What's your name? Diamond. Yeah. Bill said you'd be by. He led me to the back of the shop, and I watched while he reached into a bin of ten penny nails. He fished around and pulled out a small, square shaped object wrapped in oilskin. As he turned to hand it to me, he froze. Domo, who's this guy? Huh? Oh, his name's Martin. He likes to beat guys up.
5: I'm not going to beat you up this time, Diamond, but. You shouldn't have lied to Mr. Timken. I'm going to have to kill you for it.
2: This is probably the guy who killed your brother. Yeah. Give me the package. Sure.
5: Toss it. Stay right there.
2: You killed Bill, huh?
5: You didn't tell him enough about me, Diamond. (sharp) Now you're going to get yours, funny man.
2: (sharp) Well, well, Miss Albright... You do everything well, don't you?
3: I try. Get the package over here, Rick.
2: Mr. Diamond.
3: Oh, now you're mad.
2: You don't resent it, do you?
3: No. Take it over here. Thanks.
2: Oh, now, I see. Pick me up in the bar. Wait outside that alley. And if you knew I was in that alley, you must know the people who put me there.
3: Mr. Timken and I are old friends.
2: He's not going to like you killing Sonny.
3: Won't make a bit of difference to him.
2: No? You kill him, too?
3: Yes. This package is worth about a half a million dollars.
2: An antique?
3: It's what's in the antique. You buy it in China for about a thousand dollars. You refine it here and sell it for 500 times that much.
2: The federal government won't like it.
3: Who's to tell them? Certainly not Stevens. He contracted to smuggle the stuff in. Everybody else is dead. But me. Sorry about that. I was beginning to like you.
2: But, uh, not a half million dollars' worth. Yeah. Drop it, lady. Well, Don't do it! <laughs> Looks like Grand Central. I'm glad nobody locks doors around here. How did you find me? Told you I was keeping score. you better get an ambulance, lieutenant. wish she hadn't tried to shoot. Here. Lean on me, dear. It's the least I can do. The gun will probably be the one who killed this Timken gun. Get the ambulance, will you? Yeah. Rick. Yeah?
3: Looks like nobody gets
2: anything. I got three fifty in the beating. I guess I come out on top. Sorry. Be able to come to New York? So am I, Mary. There's going to be a lot of snow this year. (laughs)
1: Tonight's transcribed adventure of Richard Diamond was written and directed by Blake Edwards with music by Frank Wirth. Virginia Gregg played the part of Helen Asher. Others in the cast were Sidney Miller, Ted DiCorsia, Tony Barrett, Alan Reed, Herb Butterfield, and Tony Michaels. Be sure to listen to another great camel show, Vaughn Monroe and the Camel Caravan, every Saturday night. Listen next week for another exciting adventure of Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell.
0: Hi, this is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site where we put out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. This is a case where the practice of uh, doing a script that you've done before, script reuse, really does actually come out benefiting old-time radio fans. Because this uh, story was actually used on the NBC version of Richard Diamond. It was the second episode, which is one of the lost episodes of that series. Uh, But because they reused the script and concept, we still get the general story idea. We definitely get to see uh, Diamond working off an unfamiliar uh, police officer and getting to be a little bit rougher and have that relationship be um, a little bit more tense uh, than when he's dealing with uh, Walt back in uh, New York City. All right, well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and uh, some listeners actually highlighted some lines they enjoyed uh, in the episode... The Merry-Go-Round Case. Stephen calls to mind Helen's, Rick, stop! Rick, stop! And then, a moment of silence, Rick, you stopped! Uh, Brian says, Love the humor in the show. Some of it is so fast, it makes it even better. Last week, Rick was asked if he was on the level. He replied, Well, I did have to come uphill, so... Lynn says, I can't remember them, but they're very entertaining at the time. Well, thanks so much for your comments, and I'm glad you're enjoying uh, Richard Diamond. That will actually be all for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Boston Blackie. And uh, then uh, next Wednesday, it's another episode of Richard Diamond. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check out our YouTube archive, youtube.greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, son and all.